What's up? This is Patrick. Welcome to episode number seven of the Double ETF podcast. I hope you guys are doing great. Today, I talk with Michael Drew, fellow Canadian and fellow uh, contestant in the Name That Tune, as you all know. And uh, it's a long episode, but I think it's really worth it. We do talk a lot of sports, but I think it's honestly worth it. Don't let that bother you. We branch towards other topics like traveling and, you know, watching sports uh, in other countries. I hope you enjoy. If you have any comments, drop me a line on Twitter at EETFpod. And yeah, that's it. So um, enjoy, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, with me today I have Mike Drew. How are you, sir? I'm all right. How about how are you doing? Uh, doing all right. Okay, so we know each other from the Name That Tune uh, quiz, weekly quiz from uh, Rock Solid. I'm going to follow the same format, more or less, than with my uh, previous uh, guests. Welcome to Double ETF, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I think my, <laughs> my first sports slash not sports podcast. So, Oh, right. Awesome. Uh, have you been on many podcasts before? No, I was on one uh, about a year ago. It's called the Rare and Scratchy Rock and Roll. Um, it's a podcast that uh, a couple gentlemen in, in the States do. Um, they're older radio guys, I think, and they do this now. Um, and they tend to focus on like 50s and 60s things. But uh, a couple of years ago, they did a, an episode about Canada and like Canadian music. And I have some... Uh, past experience being a music journalist. So I kind of wrote and said, hey, you know, if, if I can help out in any way, let me know. And then they asked me to be a guest on it. So um, yeah, I was on that. And, you know, I, as I was mentioning to you, uh, quote unquote, off air, um, I've done podcasts with my students and at, at my school, uh, the school that I teach at, um, we have mm -hmm. a, a school one now. So sometimes I'll be on that. You brought something that I didn't know, but uh, I'll try and keep it uh, following my uh, my <laughs> list. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in in general? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm 45.8 years old. I heard somebody refer to themselves like with a 0. 0.5 uh, a while okay. ago, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a decimal to my age. Um, <laughs> I'm a teacher, like I mentioned. I teach uh, this year. I teach grade six, which is like 11 and 12 year olds. Uh, I'm also the librarian at my school. Normally, I'm kind of full time library, and I teach gym uh, the rest of the time. Okay. Um, but this year, with COVID and with the numbers of students and staff, uh, I'm back in the classroom, and so I'm doing that. Uh, you know, I have a, a son, and my wife and I we live in uh, a place called Oshawa, Ontario, which is about. 40, 45 minutes east of Toronto. And uh, yeah, so, so I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so you live in Oshawa right now, but is it where you're from as well? Yeah, I was born here. Uh, my son was born here as well. Um, okay. And other than, I, I lived in the UK uh, for a year or so, um, back in the early 2000s. Uh, my wife is actually English, um, And I went to school, like went to university uh, at a couple different places. Uh, I went to Brock, which is in St. Catharines, which is near Niagara Falls. And I went to Windsor. Um, and I also went to Trent for a year. But Trent's, uh, at the time, they had a campus in Oshawa, which was at our Durham College. So I went there. But I was at home for that one. But yeah, I mean, okay. going away for school and stuff. But Oshawa's been where I've lived the majority of my life. 
Okay, and uh, did you meet your wife in the UK or or here? <laughs> no. So this is a fun story. Uh, a lot of go ahead. This one. So I went to Windsor to go to teachers, what we call teachers college, um, and you get your bachelor of education. And uh, I lived in a house with like five, six other people, and a couple of us were teachers. And we started to meet other people that we were at uh, school with, and we met this guy who. Um, had said, Hey, I've met this girl and she's awesome. And I had a friend that had come down to visit me. Uh, a f uh, and her f brother went to Michigan state. So she said, can I come down and stay at your place? And then I'm going to go see my brother. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Well, she got down there and there was this huge snowstorm. So we called, uh, everybody had actually gone home except for me and this, this guy that we also went to school with. And he said, well, do you mind if I bring my girlfriend out with me? And I said, yeah, no problem. And uh, I said, I actually have a friend down. So we all went out and my wife and I got along better than he and her did. Uh, not that I like stole him from him right, right there or anything. Uh, at the end of the year, <laughs> at the end of the year, they, uh, they kind of broke up because she was over here on exchange. Okay. And so she, uh, she was heading home and uh, he was going back to, I think he was from Toronto. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. Um, okay. he was going, she was going back to Toronto or sorry, he was going back to Toronto. She was going home, but actually I had plans to go to England in September. And I said, Hey, you know, if you want to get together or something, let me know. And not really realizing where she lived and where I'd be, uh, we're not that close, but, uh, she's like, yeah, okay. And then, um, you know, we were, we kept in touch, but actually right after I came home, I got a phone call once and it, and it was her. And she said, uh, I've come to stay with my friend in Toronto. Do you want to? Do you want to meet? So we all went out and hung around and got together a couple times. And uh, like I said, just kind of kept in touch. And, you know, it is what it is. History is, uh, you know, we got together. And so she lived here and I lived there. And then we came back here and we've been here for, uh, I think, 18 years now. So... Okay, you were going to the UK, you mentioned. Which uh, which part of the UK? So I have family that lived in um, Watford, which is just kind of north of uh, London. And that's where okay. I was going to go. And okay. I actually have family that lived in Glasgow, and I was actually going to go up there. And then my wife's from a place called Derby, which is in the Midlands. Um, it's kind of two hours north of London, two hours south of Manchester. The joke is, is that London thinks that she's a northerner and Manx from Manchester thinks she's a southerner. So, you know, <laughs> she can't win. <laughs> she can't win. So, yeah. So I, I hit like Derby on the way back from Glasgow because I started in London and went up to Glasgow and came back. And that's kind of where things happened. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So, wow. And uh, is uh, Derby a big city? Derby is about the same size as Oshawa, actually. And it's funny because Oshawa was, used to be and is kind of, again, there's been some news there, is an automotive town because we have a big GM plant, um, which closed. And it was Oshawa was always known as the, the city that motivates Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then it closed two years ago. And then actually within the last couple of months, they've said that they're going to open the plant up again and there's gonna, they're going to make trucks there again. Um, but Derby is about the same size. It's about 150,000 people. And that's where Rolls-Royce is. So they were making rolls oh, in, wow. in Derby. So it was like another, I moved from one auto town to another. That's that's kind of my deal. So <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And okay, you mentioned working as a librarian before. Okay, so you still are, but you mentioned something else a few seconds before that really piqued my interest. You used to be a music journalist as well. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, 
I needed a way to support, like, you know, back when we were younger and, and you had to buy all your music from, you know, record stores and stuff, it was, it was a, an expensive habit to maintain. So yes. I, I had to kind of think of a way to, how am I going to get CDs and stuff? And because, you know, I'm a poor student and I'm broke. So what happened was I, uh, when I went to Brock, uh, I saw that there were music reviews in the back of uh, the, the university newspaper. So I walked in and I thought, well, that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's no problem. So I walked into the newspaper office like the first week and I said, you know, I want to write for the music column. And they're like, yeah, you and a hundred other people, man, like <laughs> back in line. So they said to me, they said, well, if you're serious, they said, well, uh, you, we need somebody to cover the women's rugby game on Saturday. And I love rugby now, but at the time I had no idea what would, you know, I knew what rugby was, but I didn't know the rules or anything like that. So I said, sure. And uh, I got there and I just watched these women pummel each other for 80 minutes, but they were so polite. Like they'd, they'd hit each other and then the ref would yell at them and they'd go, yes, sir. No, sir. And I'm like, what is going on? It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, one of my roommates was friends with somebody on the team and she kind of gave me a rundown at the end. And then I wrote this article I did a couple more sports ones, and then uh, that eventually led to the um, to the university paper. And then uh, during that, I met a guy in Toronto uh, named Tim Henderson, Metal Tim. And Tim Henderson had a, a, a like a easy like a zine called uh, Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles. And Brave Words went on to become BraveWords.com. Okay, but one of the guys that was also writing for this zine was a guy named Martin Popoff, and Martin is uh, the one who wrote the book that was given away as the prize yesterday on uh, Name That Tune. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, Martin's like the king of rock and metal journalism. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, him and Tim kind of took me under their wing, and then I ended up writing for them, and then that led to other gigs. And, um, you know, I got to interview all these artists that I love and got free CDs and concert tickets over the years, and it was amazing. But, you know as you get older and, and priorities start to change and time becomes a little more, uh, you know, less, um, I, I kind of had to give it up. And so, yeah, I did it about, I'd say eight or nine years and, uh, it was a lot of fun, but you know, it, it, you weren't going to make a living off it unless you were Martin or unless you were Tim yeah. or, you know, some others, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And especially nowadays, uh, being a journalist is probably even more difficult than it used to be in those days. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was funny because Martin, I, I told this story on another podcast, but um, Martin came to see me. I was at Brock and I think he was going to a gig in Buffalo or something. And he, and he gave me a list of all these contacts he had made. And this is like 95 and or maybe 96. And it had all these email addresses. And one of the name was Rick Rubin. He had like mm. <laughs> Rick Rubin's email. And I, I was wow. like, uh, should I email him? So I did <laughs> Because uh, at the time, the Black Crows were on American, which was his label. And then he put me in touch. Like, he kind of said, I don't do that. I'll forward it on to the, you know, PR department. And that's what happened and stuff. But it was uh, it was cool. I mean, you know, I made a lot of contacts and um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it, it's unfortunately and, – and this was like during press. Things were still printed mm, as opposed yeah. to moving online. And I, I just don't know how they survive anymore. That's a really good question. But yeah, uh, yeah let's uh, let's switch to uh, music a little bit. What would be your top three bands? Uh, okay, number one would be the Beatles. Uh, there's, uh, you know, okay. it they're the roots, right? For me, everything stems from that. Uh, okay. Number number two would be the Wild Hearts, which are British kind of 
Brit rock band. So, uh, you know, they were early, mid 90s. I mean, they're still together now and it's, they're producing amazing stuff, but they were kind of like a parallel line to Brit pop. Um, they were, you know, like the metal slash pop rock version of what was happening in Brit pop at the same time. Okay. Um, and my, th- my third band, you know, this changes every day of the week, right? Like, <laughs> It could be anything from Kiss to Elton John to, you know, it just depends. Dubstar, I love, uh, there's a, a British, you know, electro band called Dubstar who I love. So that one, yeah, ask me tomorrow, my answer will be different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could also ask you what would be your top two Canadian bands? Oh, okay. Well, number one is probably Harem Scarum. Okay. Uh, local band for me. Um, some of the guys are actually from Oshawa, but they've been around for years. And being a like a rock and and metal guy, like it's right in right in my wheelhouse. Wow, second second Canadian <laughs> band. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would maybe say Brian Adams because you know okay. he's he's one that I've seen live so many times, and you know at some point probably have owned all the records. And yeah, I'll go with Brian Adams. Yeah, there is no wrong answer. <laughs> I can see behind you, you have a few guitars. I guess that answers my question. Uh, can you play a musical instrument? I guess the answer is yes. Which ones? <laughs> um, I can, yeah, so I can play guitar. Some people say I can't, but I can. Um, <laughs> I, I can play drums. I can play bass guitar because that's obviously the kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in school, I played trombone. I don't think I would play very well now. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I'd love my my next goal is to learn how to kind of bash away on a keyboard or a piano. But unfortunately, I don't have. I had the training, um, like I took lessons as a kid and stuff. But it, you know, I can't. Like I can read bass clef actually from playing trombone, but I can't read treble clef very well because I never really did it. Okay. But um, yeah, not like my wife is, she can read music and she she plays and she's actually played for the queen, but yeah, that's a different story. So, <laughs> What? <laughs> that needs to be, okay, you need to tell that story then, if, yeah, if, you, so, if you don't mind. No, my wife plays um, cornet and sh- uh, when she was younger, she was in a brass band and they played at Windsor Castle and the queen was part of the audience, so... Nice. Yeah. Well, what? Yeah. What? What's? What's not to like? I know. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so did you? Did you take guitar lessons, or did you learn by yourself, pretty much? Or no, I half played. And half? Yeah, I I learned. Uh, I took lessons for about the first year. I think I was like seven or eight, and then my uncle played. And and uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of my friends and I, we always had like a cool uncle or something that you know introduced us to a lot of the music we love or whatever. So he played guitar as well. So he then kind of would show me what I wanted to learn at that point, right? So if I was like, I want to learn how to play this Kiss song or this or that, he'd be like, okay, here's what you do. So, and then after that, it was, yeah, kind of on my own and, you know, having a cassette or a CD or whatever and, you know, playing three seconds and then hitting pause and then going, okay, I think it's this and, you know, (laughs) so... For sure. And um, I remember you mentioning being in a, in a band in the high school. Um, how did that go? Uh, it was a great way to meet girls. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just, yeah. In, in my, so we had grade 13 here. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have it anymore. But when I was in grade 12, um, at the end of grade 12, I met this guy, an old friend of mine who 
uh, we didn't know each other. We just happened to be in the same class. And one day I went to see Van Halen and I came back the next day and I had the tour shirt and uh, he's like, do you like Van Halen? And I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> you know, and he's like, and then I noticed that he had actually written a bunch of guitar like manufacturer names on his book. And I'm like, do you have, and he's like, I have a Kramer and we're, and then that was that. Right. And then we started, uh, we started a band and then OAC, we were kind of like, or grade 13, we were kind of the, the high school house band and we would play all the assemblies and, you know, it was a lot of fun. And then we did a couple gigs and stuff like that. But then, you know, we all go to college or university and stuff and, Became the summer of '69. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. And yeah. uh, how how many were you in that band? There was five of us. Okay. Um, I think sometimes the bass players uh, was like a revolving door. It would just be like whoever could, you know, whoever okay. we could get to play. And if nobody was playing at the time, I'd play bass. And you know. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That that was only for a year, I guess, or a few months. Yeah. And then actually, my my buddy and I got back together and he had been playing with some some newer uh or some other people like this was maybe 12 13 years ago um and we played a little bit together and stuff but yeah it's just hard i mean everybody's schedules and I mean, you start adulting right and it becomes yeah. difficult to for everybody to make their schedules mesh and you know and, and, and even agreeing on what songs to play or like hey I want to learn this Tragically Hip song. And I'm in the corner going, I know I'm Canadian, but I don't really like the Tragically Hip. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilege. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, edit that out, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Now, to be honest, I'm, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all right, but I cannot call myself a fan either, you know? No, for, for me, it was, and I'm going to offend a bunch of people here, but there's a great line in a Sloan song where he says, it's not the band I hate, it's the fans. And it's... It's, yes. It was, yeah, there was just a lot Good of point. some of the some of the people I went to high school with that were like you know the big hip fans were people that I was like not interested in being friends with and and I know I should let that go and you know I'm sure I was just you know I shouldn't be so judgmental and stuff but yeah at the time I was just like oh so <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you <laughs> I don't blame you at all yeah. I guess I, I can I can branch a little bit f uh, off of uh, my uh, questions from the episode with Josh do you usually enjoy music movies I'm not I wish I had more time to dedicate to them. Like, I mean, I, we've had, there's a lot of chat and name that tune about, you know, oh, this documentary or that, but I just, no. I don't get to see as many as I would like, unfortunately. Um, have you seen the one about the Bee Gees? No, I'd like to. It's it's one I would like to watch. And, and my wife's actually a big Bee Gees fan, so it's probably one I could get her to watch with me. Yeah, uh, and my wife watched it yesterday and she loved it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, where, she said it was really excellent stuff. Where is it on in Canada? In the in the military, I think they call it uh, tactically acquired. <laughs> I, I, I understand. No, through, okay. nefari through, through nefarious means. Yeah, something yes. like that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a good question, though. Uh, I'm sure you could pick it up on uh, iTunes, probably, or Apple yeah. Music now, it's called, but... Um, I'd like to see that, I, and I'd like to see the the Zappa documentary as well. Not that I'm a huge Zappa fan, but I just I think it would be interesting. I think uh, and Bags mentioned it in in his uh, in his episode, and I th or was it the book? I think yeah, he talked about the book for sure. I I think he talked sure. about it because it was Alex Winters that directed it, and if I remember correctly, I think he brought. I think you're right, but uh, as far as I know, it should be a good one as well. 
Well, one of your former guests, Josh, I've been bugging him to do a movie and I told him I would do it. I'd love to do it with him. So I'm, I'm just waiting to hear back from him. So Josh, if you hear this, like, I'm ready, man. Let's do it. <laughs> so which, uh, which movie did you have in mind? So it's a movie called Still Crazy. And yes. I don't know. Yes. So if people who aren't familiar, it's, it, I think it came out in 99 and it's about a, a rock band, British rock band from the sixties who, you know, all kind of go their own ways and some of them are drugged out and whatever. And then they reunite. Uh, and it's about this band who, you know, because they're starting off in a totally different time, they're having to do this like kind of small club tour in Europe and anything that goes wrong does go wrong. <laughs> and uh, he had never, Josh had never heard of it. And it's not a huge movie by any stretch, but it's got a lot of well-known British actors and actresses in it. And uh, I think it'd be a good one fit for his show. So I've never seen it, but I heard of it. Who are the actors? Timothy Spall's in it. Uh, Bill Nye is in it. Um, yeah, okay. there's a lot of, a lot of really good actors. Uh, Billy Conley, who I love dearly. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he plays the kind of the burnt out roadie who tries to keep them all together and <laughs> nice. it's fantastic. I mean, it's just, it, it makes me laugh and it's, it's fun and yeah. All right. Yeah. That sounds, uh, sounds like a fun, uh, time. Uh, I would listen to that podcast. Definitely. <laughs> We can switch gears a little bit. Um, I was going to ask you like I did everyone else before. Are you a big sports guy? I wish I had the time to be bigger. Um, I've been big into sports many times in my life. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy it. I do watch it as much as I can, or, you know, even take, I coach as well. I coach at my school, like I coach soccer or football for oh, okay. years. Yeah, absolutely. I just, it's hard to keep on top as you get older. It's hard to keep on top of like, who's playing for who. And, you know, how. Oh, for, for so sure. I have a couple, a couple clubs that I, you know, try to keep my eye on and stuff like that, but absolutely. I, I would say yes. All right. And then, uh, what would be your favorite sport? The sport that I follow the most is probably American football. Um, and I call it American football because as I mentioned earlier, my wife is English and she calls it soccer football. And so for me now, I say, if I say football, she's like American football. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like when she calls it ice hockey and I'm like, do you mean hockey? And she's like, no, because hockey <laughs> is field hockey. Yes. And I'm like, all right, yes. fair enough. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, are, um, have you ever been into the CFL, Canadian Football League? Um Uh, see, I'm going to incriminate myself here by saying that I don't watch it. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're going to take, take my passport away. I, I, I got to keep quiet here. I mean, I am I am right, right there with you because uh, we have a team in Montreal and I cannot bring myself to getting into the CFL. No, I it's don't. Just, I'm, no, go ahead. I'm the same. I'm, no, I'm the same. I, I just have never... I know in the... Like when I was... Being in Toronto or near Toronto uh, back in the 90s when like John Candy and that took over the Toronto Argonauts. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we had Rocket Ishmael and stuff like that. And, yes. and I think my interest was peaked a little bit at that point, especially because they won the Great Cup and stuff. But that was it. I, I've never watched it since. But it's funny because my uncle, him and his friends have a big deal, like a big to do on Great Cup Day, you know, whereas they don't watch the NFL. They just watch the CFL. So. Oh, Wow. Mm -hmm. those those people exist <laughs> apparently <laughs> wow. i had a i had a teacher candidate or a student teacher years ago who was from uh saskatoon and you know that's what he was brought up on and so he you know 
I'm, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan and, and we talk about football, but he didn't really follow the NFL. He would talk about, you know, um, the Rough Riders or whatever teams. I don't know. You know. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yes, these people do exist. It's just unfortunately not me. I've always had the feeling that they were, if, if you had NFL players playing CFL rules, I think it would be amazing. But I think I've, I always have the feeling that CFL players are NFL rejects. I mean, I, I know that sounds harsh, but like, can you imagine a guy like uh, Randy Moss playing with the uh, CFL rules? I mean, he would get 2,500 yards a season, you know? Yeah. I mean, the only name that really jumps out at me is, is uh, Doug Flutie. I mean, Doug Flutie was... He played for, for, for the Argos as well, right? At, some, yeah, I mean, at, he, at one point? I, I think it was the Argos. I know he played in the CFL and then obviously went to the, like the, the Bills and stuff and played you yes. know, amazing and became this phenomenal. But yeah, I don't think it's very common. I know there are people who have gone back and forth, um, but yeah, I don't think it's, it's a common thing by any stretch. If I'm trying to remember, he played for the Arg uh, Argonauts, and I think he played for the Stampeders as well. Yeah, but I'm that not sounds right. Sure, but anyway, uh, you mentioned being from uh, Oshawa and still living there. Did you ever get the chance? And I'm switching sports. <laughs> Did you ever get the chance to see uh, Lindros play when he was in uh, junior? Every I probably saw ninety percent of his games. Oh Absolutely. my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And it was funny because those guys are only two or three years older than me. And his brother, Brett, yeah, his brother, Brett, used to be friends with a guy I went to high school with. So we'd see him at, he'd come and visit all the time and stuff. And oh. uh, I, I only, I only nice encountered, guy? Brett's great. Yeah, he was totally friendly okay. back then. Um, I only ever encountered Eric once. Uh, you know, look, we were young and I, I'm going to make that excuse for him. Um, <laughs> he was a big deal, right? I mean, he was... He was the king of the city, if not the king of of uh, junior OHL. hockey. Yeah, yeah and yeah, so absolutely. he he could get away with anything, and and being a jerk was one of them. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but listen, he's probably a nice enough guy. I just I don't know him. I like I said, I only ever kind of met him once, and yeah. They were like 16, 16, 17 years old, you know. And if, yeah. if if you have the world, you have the world at your feet already. You're demigod almost in in Canada at age sixteen, you know. But it was that amazing can, that because can mess your with your mind a little bit. A hundred percent. But listen, you knew, like you would watch him play, and he yeah. just had a presence. And it was funny because he obviously got better as he got older, you know, mm -hmm. not being hurt and stuff, but. When he played for the Jennies, like I used to think that like he just stands there. Like he doesn't he's so he was so big and stuff as well that but he just had like perfect hands and perfect timing and just and he had a great line. Like he played with a guy named Rob Pearson at the time. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and Rob Pearson ended up getting drafted by the Leafs and unfortunately I don't yes. think made much time in the in the NHL. Um but that line was just unbelievable. Like it was it was like a Hall and Oates line, like when, when Hall and Adam Oates. <laughs> Like you know, like Adam. Oates oh my god! Having, okay. Yeah, no, I not thought, notes. They, yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But you know, like Brett Brett Hall was always an amazing player. But when he had Adam Oates there as well, he was a, an amazing, amazing player. And it was the yeah. same with Lindros. Like when he had like the Rob Pearson with him and that line, like it was just 
It was unbelievable. Yeah. And for those uh, who are still still listening, yeah, still listening and yeah. uh, who are not uh, big sports uh, fans, the thing is, uh, Lindros was back then. He was like six four two twenty five. Yeah, and back then, one. back then it was uh, unheard of almost, you know. Mm -hmm. And he could go around you, he could go through you, he could fight. He wasn't afraid of anyone. It, it he was unstoppable. He was. It, it, it was. It was crazy, amazing. and and we all kind of waited, you know, excitingly to see because obviously there was the big deal with the Nordiques, and he didn't want yes. to go there, and and you know the way that played out. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible, be, incredible being here at that time because yeah. uh, it was it was yeah they the the I mean the Jennies actually won the Memorial Cup again a couple of years ago, but that team back in the early nineties was I mean on yeah, and for anyone who is curious, the Jennies are the generals. The generals, the, yes. Yeah, <laughs> just in case, you know. <laughs> and, and and full circle, I mean, the reason they're called the generals is because General Motors was in Austria. So. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's cool. Okay, <laughs> I had no idea. But the thing is with uh, Lindros and the Nordiques, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because for a long time, people thought that he didn't want to come play in Quebec City because of the French uh, language uh, factor. And uh, it wasn't true. And back then, I knew it wasn't true. It was because he really didn't like the owner back then, uh, Marcel, Marcel Aubu. And uh, he was on a, on a French uh, TV program last year, I think. And he confirmed that it was indeed uh, because of uh, Obu. He didn't like the guy. He thought he was, uh, you know, sketchy at best. And uh, I agreed with that sentiment back then. But it also turns out that a few, maybe two or three years ago, we learned that, you know, in the Me Too movement and all that, we learned that Obu was kind of a sex pest. Mm, I and, didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so one of those people... And it kind of um, it redeemed Lindros's image with uh, Quebec uh, Quebecers, I'd say. Right. Well, it's funny and because it I mean, being in the middle full of circle it, in that way as well. Yeah, being in the middle of it, and and you know, being in the town, and everybody claims to know him, right? Oh, I know him, or yeah, so yeah. So, right. <laughs> so you'd hear a million stories about what it actually was, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but he actually released a book. Like, I'm not sure how a 17 or an 18 year old releases a book. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Somebody wrote it for him. But he, uh, you know, it, it, it never, it was one of those stories that like we never really knew why. And, and I'd heard something similar to what you just said that recently, I think there was uh, like, and I think Lindros has done interviews since as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it, it was a big deal. Um, but that being said, I mean, I think going to Philly was probably uh, a better fit for him anyway. I, I agree. And besides that, I mean, okay, so Lindros never won a cup, but uh, the Nordiques, uh, they got uh, a bunch of good players and good uh, draft choices from uh, uh, for, for in exchange of uh, Lindros and cash as well. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess in a way everybody won or everybody turned out all right in, in the end, you know? Well, the Nordiques weren't long for this world after that either, right? So, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah they left in the 90, before the 95, no, before the 94, 95 season. And yeah. they drafted Lindros in uh, 92. 92, yeah. I I, think, that my, yes. my very first NHL game was the Leafs versus the Nordiques. So, oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah, so, so I got to see Sundin play for the Nordiques. And I actually never saw him play for the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> mm. So the Leafs would be your favorite NHL team then? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I try to be uh, the, the the local guy, right? Like, I try to support the local team. I, I, I Listen, as much as I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, really the local team for me is the Bills. And it's unfortunate they're in the same conference, but... You know, mm-hmm. I, I I like the Bills as well, um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan and and have been since I was probably born. You know, okay. And you yeah. you were never interested in switching to the Senators when when they came back. No, and and it's funny because you know in sports, as we know, like there's all these rivalries, right? Like there's mm-hmm. the the Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens, and there's the the Yankees, and you know, and all these all these teams that supposedly hate each other. I've never looked at sports that way. I mean, for me, it's, I, I, I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the players and their abilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, am I upset when the, when the Leafs beat the Habs? No, it's great. But you know, it's like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, um, it, I've never thought I've, you know, I, I can't like Ottawa or, or I can't like Montreal, even though I don't really care for Montreal. Um, because of the fact that I'm a Leafs fan or I'm this fan, like it's, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm switching back. You mentioned rival, uh, rivalry, something I forgot to ask, or maybe something that I was going to ask eventually. Derby County, mm-hmm. uh, your wife is from there. Uh, yes. They do, they do have a, a team as well in the second division, the championship, I think. Right yeah. now, I think Wayne Rooney is the coach, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, what I was wondering, what is what is the biggest uh, rivalry for that team right now? Uh, Nottingham Forest, for sure. Okay, and All it's right. probably like they can be in different divisions and they still hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even though they have no chance of playing each no. other in that season, unless they meet in the um, FA Cup or League Cup, I guess. Yeah, I mean the big and this will I'll, I will allude to this on a question you may ask me later, um, okay. but. I mean, there was a famous coach or manager in the UK named Brian Clough. Yes. And who was the manager of both. And uh, so I didn't some, know that. Yeah. So there was, okay. there's, I think there's something there as well, right? Like, I'm not familiar. I know of that history, but I wasn't there. Like, I have family that was there and they can tell you, well, this happened and that happened. And you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, for me, I still, look, it's funny because. My mom, so my, my wife is English, but my, my family is actually Scottish. My mom, my mom is from Glasgow. And so there's the Celtic Rangers rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's funny because our friend Jeff, shout out to Jeff uh, in Name That Tune, he's got family in Scotland as well. And he and I were talking one day about uh, the whole Celtic Rangers dynamic. And, you know, my grandfather always tried to steer me away from like, don't hate them because they're, they were blue. Like it doesn't matter. They're just, you know, they're just fans of that team. You're fans of this team. It is what it is. Um, but my grandfather always told me this story about him and his brother uh, had gone to an old firm match and in the sixties and somebody threw a walnut in the stands and time hit up, my, time up. Oh, okay. I'm not sorry. Uh, old firm match for those who don't follow. Ah, yes. An old firm match is uh, yes. a match between Gla- the Glasgow Rangers and Glasgow Celtic. All right. And thank you. Um, yeah, please, no please, please go on. <laughs> and my grandfather was in the stands, and the next thing he knows is his brother, who he's with, is like uh, pulling him into an ambulance or something because somebody had thrown on the Rangers fan side had thrown a walnut, and it hit my grandfather right in the temple. Ouch. And knocked him right out. And uh, they would just, he would, he'd tell me stories like they'd throw coins at each other and just. Bags of piss. Yeah. Oh, you know, it. it was there. <laughs> and, but it's really weird. And, and I don't know like who's going to hear this or whatever, but for people who haven't 
experience this like in the UK and I'm sure elsewhere when you go see a football or soccer match if you're supporting the home team you sit in one in the the majority but there's always a section for the away teams it's not like if you go to an NHL or an NBA game or something where you're all intermingled like it doesn't work like that everybody's separated and segregated from each other so yeah yeah because it can get uh, otherwise it would get ugly for sure Uh uh-huh for sure (laughs) it's not as bad as it used to be but, uh, you know, hooligans are almost uh, extinct now. Or maybe they morphed into something else, something more yeah. subtle, maybe. The only time I've ever felt uneasy at a sporting event have been at football matches in the UK. Like, there's there's just a, there's a strange tension that I can't explain. And I don't know what it is, but it just feels like it could, you know, pardon the pun, kick off at any moment. And you're just, you know, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I've been to sporting events around the world and... I've never felt like that other than there. Huh. Apparently, like uh, Argentina, River Plate, and Boca Juniors, apparently those uh, that rivalry is uh, something else entirely. Yeah. So if, if we can track back to the Leafs a little bit, you know I'm a Kings fan. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I agree with you that Gretzky should have had a, a high-staking penalty on Doug Gilmore in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, so... People who may not know what we're talking about, uh, when the Leafs and the and the Kings met in '93, um, mm-hmm. in the sixth game of that yes. series, uh, Wayne Gretzky lifted his stick and cut our kind of our, our captain Doug Gilmore, and Kerry Frazier, who. If you're not familiar with the referee, Kerry Frazier, um, he was kind of one of the last old school, didn't wear a helmet because his hair was the helmet. His hair was yes. brilliant. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, but he missed it. And he'll tell you to this day because there are interviews with him that'll say, yeah, like I missed the call. And and unfortunately, that was it. I mean, the Leafs, if, if the Leafs had won that game, it was over. But the momentum switched right then and there. And it went all in the Kings' favor. They played the next game and it was done. Yeah. And what I didn't know... Or what I didn't remember because I looked it up on YouTube, that game when uh, Gretzky clipped uh, Gilmore, it was in LA. I thought it yeah. was in Toronto. No, because it came back to Toronto. Yes. And then, then they lost, yeah. And I thought that was in Game 7, that uh, Gretzky high stick. It was in Game 6. It was 6, yeah, because so, they came yeah. back. And, and like I said, I remember at the time, and I, I remember when Game 7 started, it's one of those few games that you kind of remember the mm-hmm. whole deal. And I just remember thinking, like, we're done. Like, this is over. Like, it's, it, it, they didn't, it just, I don't know. There was something, they came out flat, and I just, I knew it was over. Mm. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and, guys didn't uh, even go into... You didn't, listen, it got worse because what happened was I went to high school with this guy who was a Habs fan. And then oh. who did who did the Kings meet in the final? The, the Habs. Habs. Who wins? And the they Habs. Lost. Yes. yes. So the, guy's co- the guy comes in wearing his jersey. He's like, where are your Leafs now, buddy? Oh, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, I'd rather if the Kings had won. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. yeah and uh, I mean, when I told Josh in the episode one, I... I've, I had been a Kings fan since 89 and that's the, that finals was brutal because something I mean I felt like they wouldn't be as good as they were that season it would take a long time and it did you know they sucked uh, until 2012 yeah you know so yeah it was I mean they had a, an amazing obviously besides Gretzky but guys like Luke Robitaille and stuff it was yes. just it was and yeah. and Haruti, which actually is funny. He doesn't live that far from me now. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
and that that might be a kind of a that would be a possible answer for uh, to a, another question later on uh, have you met him by any chance no my wife did he he bought hmm. a my wife used to work for a german auto company that has three letters and uh, okay <laughs> yeah And he uh, and he bought a car, and you know, I think he part of the dealings was with her. So, oh, nice. Okay, mm -hmm. many years um, ago. To stay on the on the Leafs, what do you think of the Mike Babcock experiment coaching the Leafs? Yeah, it's a good and question. The way the, the the way it ended, and his style of coaching, and okay, for those who don't know, uh, Babcock is a uh, kind of a hard ass. It turned out that he was quite abusive to younger players, like yeah. uh, psychologically abusive. And uh, he pre pretty much lost his job because of that. And we haven't seen him in the NHL since. He might come back, though, at some point. Yeah, I mean, obviously Babcock had had success, right? With Anaheim yeah, and Detroit. Yes. Yeah, and but those, the, those teams were... Those teams, they were, they were stacked. Yeah, oh, listen, I'm not saying... They weren't, but I mean, I think that was the expectation when he came here. And when that didn't happen, you know, I, listen, Toronto is the, is the biggest hockey market in the world. I don't care what anybody else says. It's the media, <laughs> the media is all over it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's what actually stops a lot of players from wanting to come here because they're, they know they're not going to have any, any privacy, any anonymity, whatever. Yeah, I, look, I'm a longtime suffering Leafs fan, so you know whether it's him or Pat Burns or whoever, it doesn't matter. Like I, coaches, I th I often think coaches are, and I'm not saying he wasn't a jerk. He probably was, very well was. Um, but I think coaches are often like the band aid solution to when a team's not playing well, right? It's the can't switch the players. Let's it's the, all the coaches' fault, and then another coach comes in. And nothing changes. I mean, I, I see that as a Derby County fan as well, right? They've had a million okay. coaches in the last decade. Nothing happens. It's it's <laughs> it is what it is. So. Maybe maybe Babcock wasn't used to dealing with so many young star players. Like you know, at in uh, Anaheim, you know, Pronger and Niedermeyer, they were veterans already. Mm -hmm. uh, in, same deal in Detroit. And uh, Toronto was different because, you know, young star players and maybe more media pressure and maybe the expectations were higher as well. He had well, a few things uh, working against him in a way. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, those teams being stacked, because I, I think if I remember correctly, didn't he coach um, Team Canada Team, as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. At some so, point, yes. you know, like he's used to success and, and he comes and now he's being scrutinized under a microscope. Um, and I, again... I'm not saying he wasn't a jerk, I, you know, but, uh, and then he's not getting it, right? And and there's always that, the bar, I don't think any team in the NHL has the bar set as high as, as the Leafs do by their fans and by, you know. Right and, now, yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, probably even in the last, I'd say in the last 20 years, especially, um, you know, just waiting for something to happen. It's funny because I mentioned that my mom is Scottish, right? And and moved mm -hmm. here in the 60s, uh, the late 60s. So they, her and her family, my, my mom's side of the family, immigrated here in 67. My grandfather comes over, 
you know, this is long before the internet, kids. So there was no uh, access to, you know, watching Celtic play on TV or whatever, you know, even hearing the score for a few days, right? Until you got the paper and it was in the next day or the day after. Um, and all his friends that he became friends with at work and whatever, like, you you should start watching hockey. He's like, ah, no, he talking about... And then he, you know, eventually did, but that was the last year they won the cup. And, you know, that's whatever, 50, 63 years ago now. Uh, yes, um, something like that, yeah. 50, 53 years ago, sorry. Um, and they just can't, you know... The expectation is always so high and it just so when we came so close with the 93 team, obviously that was a huge, you know, disappointment. So a guy like Babcock comes in because they think, hey, he's had success and, and they're he's going to turn the team around. But like I said, I think when when a coach or a manager gets fired, it's like a Band-Aid salute. It's like it's pulling off a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. It's just, you know, there's bigger problems and whatever that is, you know. With the Leafs, it's been many, unfortunately, over the last however many years. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think that style of coaching really works well anymore nowadays. No, I think, you know, I don't know. You know what? It's funny. I, I find I had a, a teacher, a student teacher, uh, a teacher candidate a few years ago, and she played university hockey. Um, okay. And, and her best friend's roommate was Phil Kessel's sister. Down oh, wow. When she played in wherever school she was in the States. But so the hockey community is very small. Once you're in it, even at a university level or OHL, you start to know, meet people and hear stories and stuff like that. But she told me, and I can't remember exactly who it was, and I, I wouldn't say it if I did, but she said that one time she told me this story where her and a bunch of them got invited to this cottage that this young player had played uh, or had bought, and he was like an NHL star now. Um, but he was only like 23, 24, but obviously he's a multimillionaire. And they go to this guy's cottage, and the guy's mom called the cottage, And the guy starts yelling at his mom on the phone saying like, but you told me you'd be here bringing me my stuff. And I'm like, and she's like, this guy's 24. Like he's acting like a 12 year old. And I think it, it sometimes, uh, unfortunately, like I think a lot of the players and not all of them by any stretch, but a lot of the players like kind of get coddled. Right. So you got a guy like Babcock who comes in and he's, he is a hard, hard guy and he's not putting up with that stuff. And they're like, You know, and some of them are fine. They adapt, but then some of them just like turtle and they don't know what to do. Yeah. So, or or, or they they uh, tune him out. You know, yeah. And then eventually the the coach uh, pays for it with his job. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very yeah. rarely the players, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we can switch gears again. Uh, you told me uh, you you messaged me a couple of days ago about uh, video games. You praised <laughs> Jungle Strike as well, and I was so glad to read that because yes, I'm not the only person to remember that game because it was an awesome game. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not a big gamer, but when I was a kid, I mean, I had the Sega Genesis, and and I actually mm -hmm. worked. I worked at a video game store in high school, which was amazing because that's oh, all yeah, we that's, do. It's just yeah, that's a dream job. It was amazing, <laughs> and uh, if I couldn't work at a record store, then I wanted to work there. And so I remember when Jungle Strike came out because I think Desert Strike came out first. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and Desert Strike was like this. It, so it was made by EA Electronic Arts, who were kind of known for the NHL series and the FIFA series and, and Madden and stuff. Um, but they brought this game out, Desert Strike, which was uh, based on, basically came out to cash in on Desert Storm, right? And it, oh, and it yes, was, yeah. 
That's true. Yes. So it came out and you were this chopper and you went and, you know, tried to rescue people, but also like shot things and whatever. And yeah, it was just this fun game that it was really at that point, I don't really remember any games like it, but I remember uh, my friend Dan and I in high school, like, you know, we're 15 or whatever, 16. And we had a, a convenience store where you could rent like three games for five bucks for the weekend or something. And nice. that was one of the games we would always rent because it was just like, <laughs> but unfortunately you couldn't like save your progress. And it was, oh man, things were different then for sure. I don't know if you went a lot to uh, arcades. Was there an arcade game that was your favorite? Oh yeah. WrestleFest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, oh my God, that thing. So I had a paper route as a kid. Uh, and I probably had it until I was like 14, uh, at, at different points. Anyway, um, there was a, we had a, a, a chain of convenience stores called Becker's, which are all now circle K's. And, okay. um, yeah. And so they had the WrestleFest, which was the old WWF game and it had Hogan and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior and stuff. And <laughs> I think the big thing was, was that you tried to get to, Uh, the Million Dollar Man and Andre the Giant. And okay. you, oh my gosh, like I fed quarters into this thing like like it was, it needed them to survive. And it was, I <laughs> wasted so much money on this stupid thing, but it was so much fun. Like I, it's funny, I have a, uh, a little computer called the Raspberry Pi and I have mm -hmm, yeah. an emulator for it that has that. And it probably has Desert Strike and stuff, I should look. Um, but um, it's funny, like I've played it recently Uh, and I'll like load up the quarters and I still need them. Like I can't beat on. It's all oh, so bad, but it's, it's so much, it's so much fun. And the thing was too, is I, I mean, at that point, the games at the arcade or at the store or whatever, the graphics were way better than the Nintendo or the Sega Genesis and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Huge. Yes. So, you know, like you'd see this and go, oh my God, it looks just like Hulk Hogan. Whereas, you know, the one that was on the, the 8-bit Nintendo was like this little yellow guy running. <laughs> yes. It was terrible. So, yeah. You had to use your imagination a lot more when you were on the Nintendo. <laughs> mm -hmm. 100%. But there were some great games for that. But yeah, unfortunately, I, video games are just something that I don't dedicate and I can't dedicate a lot of time to anymore. Like I have an Xbox and my son always makes fun of me and just says, you never play it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll switch gears again and we can move if you want to uh, a list of uh, questions I usually ask uh, my uh, my guests. Sure. Uh, I started with originally with uh, four qu uh, questions related to uh, soccer, football, <laughs> if you want. Yeah. And uh, usually I skip them, but this time today, I'll actually ask them to you. Awesome. Uh, so first question would be, what is your favorite football or soccer movie? Okay, so I'm a, I'm a chatter, so I'm going to take a second on this one. Um, Please. My, I have a runner-up. And the runner-up is Victory. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Parts of it, yes. Okay, so it's not a great movie. But the story is, is that in 1982, I broke my leg playing soccer. And it was the okay. year of the World Cup. So I was this little kid and I couldn't move around. And my parents got me, or, and got us, I'm sure it was just an excuse for all of us. But we had a thing in Canada called Super Choice, which was uh, the movie network, kind of like HBO. And one yes. of the movies that was constantly on was Victory. And being a soccer fan at the time, and, and I was like, Pele was in it. And I was just like, this is the greatest film of all time. I mean, it's not, <laughs> but 
So that has a soft spot for me. Um, but my favorite soccer movie, unquestionably, is The Damned United. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. It's really, uh, it's really good. I, I saw it as well. Michael Sheen playing uh, Brian Clough. Yeah. So that was no, that solid movie. Uh, yeah, and Timothy and Timothy's ball playing Peter Taylor, and and being a Derby County fan, it's just it's true. it is what it is. You know, it's perfect. Yeah, that's right, true. So. Yeah. yeah, good, good, good call. I think mine would be there's a, a movie, German movie, I guess, called Das Wunder von Bern, the um, okay. the miracle from Bern. And it was about the 1954 World Cup where Germany played Hungary and won in the final. Oh, okay. And, I'm not familiar uh, with that. I expected some kind of, you know, cliche BS, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, like a Hallmark movie almost. But no, it was a solid movie. And one thing that I liked is I watched the, the, the highlights of that game before and they made sure that the goal scenes would be as close to the actual goals, you know, wow. realistic, like exactly what happened. And they did a really good job of that. And when, that was impressive. When did that movie come out? Um... Uh, 2003. Okay. I'll have to check that yeah. out. I've never heard of it. Yeah. The Miracle of Bern. Uh, B-E-R-N. Did you uh, watch it ahead. in German? Uh, yes, but with uh, subtitles. Okay. So, uh, no, a good, good, good movie. Solid, um, legit good movie. Nice. Yeah, so, I, I, I love a good... There's nothing like a good sports film. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of them don't do it well, but... When they do, they, they, and if you're a sports fan, then they nail it, right? So, yes, yeah, it's easy to fall into the cliches. That's the mm -hmm. biggest problem, I think. But, uh, yeah, when they, when they get it right, it's really good. That's true. Nice. All right. So, question number two What is your favorite football book? Oh, boy. Let's say a favorite book about sports in general. Okay. I'm going to. Uh, you can pass. Little, no, I won't pass. I won't pass. Okay. So, I don't know if you consider this a sport, but. Chris Jericho, the wrestler, uh -huh. yes. uh, his very first book called The Lion's Tale is okay. brilliant. I think, I think that, and I actually really like the Bret Hart book as well. I think those two books, and, and I've read other sports books and stuff, but I think those two, like, I, I don't even think you'd have to be a sports fan. Maybe some, probably a wrestling fan for the Bret Hart one, but the, the Chris Jericho run just reads like, this guy just had like this fantastic voyage of becoming a, you know, being a kid. And, and there's so much like, music involvement as well because he's a, obviously a big music fan too mm -hmm. um so i would say that i don't know if that's what you're looking for because i don't necessarily know if it's a true sport but it's a that's a great book number three what is your earliest memory of a football of a soccer game well i would probably say the 82 uh world, world cup, cup. Um, okay i re i remember so in in oshawa there's a, a big italian population And so when they won, uh, like we didn't even live, we lived near the main street, the main street in Oshawa that goes north and south is a, a road called Simcoe. And when I was a kid, I grew up maybe 200 meters from there. Um, okay. but oh my goodness, like the party went on all night, like horns and just the whole city. <laughs> and you wouldn't think it because we're just, we're not, you know, it, it, we're not in Italy or whatever, but it didn't matter. Like it was, and so I remember I, I had seen a lot of that tournament because of the fact that um, I was I had I had a, a cast on my leg and I couldn't move around, so I was in front of the TV a lot. It was during the summer too, right right before school yes. ended. Terrible timing, but um, it was great in the sense that I remember a lot of that tournament and you know probably the final like that game. 
Yeah, I remember it too because uh, it was against uh, Germany, and I was I was a Germany fan already then, and yeah. they lost three uh, one, I think. I think that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you a quick story that also led to the yeah. death of my goldfish. Now, <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, yeah, so that's a strange segue, right? No, but what happened was my so I was a kid, and I there's no internet or nothing like that, so I watched this game, and I made an Italian flag to put in my window. Okay. Okay. So I put the Italian flag in my window, but like, so people would see it as they drove by, even though I wasn't Italian, I, I thought it was awesome. So, but I couldn't get the, the flag to stand up in the window. Okay. Okay. So what happened was I had a fishbowl. So I put the fishbowl behind the flag. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I put the fishbowl behind the flag. Well, eventually a couple of days later, I removed the, the flag. Um, now my mom takes credit for this, but I, I often think it was my fault. Um, this was in the summer. And my poor fish got boiled to death because oh. the sun came <laughs> through the window. Jesus. Water. Yeah. So. Whoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that took a turn. There you go. Didn't see that one coming. No, I guess not. <laughs> so um, then, okay, so let's uh, switch gears to the to, to a happy place. What is your um, favorite or most memorable game? That you remember, Ever? that you saw in person, that you saw in person. It's in, that's important. Uh, I would say, oh, wow, um, it's bittersweet. So, so we had a in Toronto. We had a a couple years ago. We had a Toronto businessman who started a rugby league team um, okay. that played in the English league, and they were called the Toronto Wolfpack. I guess this guy had lived in England or something and fell in love. And there's a difference between rugby league and rugby union. Rugby union is what. New Zealand, like the All Blacks and, you know, the Springboks and stuff. That's rugby union. But rugby league is this kind of, it's big in Australia. It's big in Northern England. And he became a fan of it. They're both rugby, but there's slight differences in in rules and stuff. So the Toronto, Toronto, uh, he created a team for Toronto. And they were the first transatlantic team, sports team. Um, So they spent most of the year in England, but then they would come and play uh, in Toronto in Liberty Village uh, a couple games a year and then a lot of the English teams would come over here and they play and, and fans from all around the world and it was fantastic and it was great because it was like the first sport that my son actually took an interest in as well so we'd all go down as a family and we'd watch the games and it was amazing the atmosphere was great and last year um, so they had to start kind of like soccer there's divisions and they started in the bottom which is the third and then they went to the second and then last year they won in the final which took them to the Premier League, like or not the like the top league of rugby league in England. Um, unfortunately, since then the team has folded because oh. COVID hit. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff. And and some people would say that rugby league, uh, the actual group in Northern England, don't really want to expand. There were people that loved Toronto being in it and thought it was a breath of fresh air and a great way to showcase the game, which is a great game, by the way. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the other the other side of that coin was that um, when COVID hit, uh, they, were, they were so much in debt that it just couldn't. And they had just signed a, a famous player named Sonny Bill Williams, who I don't know if you know him. He's a famous uh, rugby player. He's, he's a Kiwi, and he's played okay. in rugby league, and he's played for the All Blacks in rugby union. I mean, the guy's amazing. Wow. And he's a bit older now, but it was a key signing because he's got name value for rugby fans. 
But it all just went pear-shaped, right? And they only played a couple, and then they couldn't continue, and then Rugby League kicked them out, and we're all kind of waiting to see what happened. But last year when they won that final that took them into the top flight, it was unbelievable. I mean, the whole – there was – 11,000 people there were all cheering and going nuts. And there's the presentation on the field. And my, I think it was great because I looked down at my son and he felt like he was part of something as well, because this was like, you know, this was the next step. This is what was going to put Toronto on the map in this way. Um, and unfortunately, it's gone kind of pear-shaped since then. Uh, I, I will say it's a tie, though. And the other one is um, I got to go to New Zealand and I saw the All Blacks play South Africa. Wow. 10 years ago. And it was phenomenal. I mean, that game, it was really funny. I always share this story. I love this story was that uh, I bought tickets here, right? I bought them on Ticketmaster and we got there and and it's at a place called Eden Eden Park in Auckland. And uh, we got there, you know, we don't know where we're going. We've only been in New Zealand like three days and the game's there. So my wife and I go for dinner and then we go down to the game and we got our tickets and the guy goes... I said, like, I don't know where my tickets are. And he goes, oh, go down there. And, and we're getting closer and closer and closer to the field. And it ends up being like we're like six uh, like six rows back from the field. It's unbelievable. Jesus. We're, like we're just left of like the halfway mark. And it, it's fantastic. And we're there like 45 minutes early because we didn't know where we were going. We want to give ourselves enough time. Well, the All Blacks all come out of the tunnel like two minutes after we get there. And they're they're like warming up and stretching right in front of us, literally from me, oh, wow. 10 feet away. These guys are massive, right? And there was, uh-huh. you know, they had a guy named Richie McCaw at the time, and there was this guy named Dan Carter. And I think my wife took a bit of shining to Dan Carter because I looked over at her, and she's got her head kind of tilted, a big <laughs> smile. <laughs> I'm like elbowing going, hey, 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 you're with me. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, the atmosphere there was, you know, uh, South Africans had come, flew over for the game, and uh, it was phenomenal. It was it was the probably the besides the the win being there for the win for the Wolfpack last year. It was the coolest sporting event I've ever been to. The stadium was packed, of course. Yeah, yeah. And they did the haka, and you know you see yeah. this, and you know it's for show and stuff now. But it's just like it's you know what it's for. Like it's this Maori battle cry, and you're like, oh my god, they're gonna kill somebody. Like, it's, <laughs> and they're mass like. Their thighs are the size of tree trunks, and but it is the coolest game. It was, yeah, that was such a, and I mean, being in New Zealand and traveling and stuff, but it was, un, it was amazing. I, I, I can't wait to do something like that again. God, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, what, what year was that? 2010. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that, those were the four original questions. So I'll, okay. um, I'll adapt them to music because we haven't talked about music that much to be honest and that's <laughs> and that's how we met <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's true yeah and uh i i'm yeah hopefully uh, listeners won't be too uh, disappointed okay so yeah let's try track it back on music uh so question one again what would be okay your favorite musical movie you answered that already in that case what would be your least favorite what is one that you remember hating I listen, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I remember, so my dad was a huge Who fan and he Mm -hmm. had actually gone to the final concert at Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, back in 82, um, when the Who, the Who's last, right. And it was like the record came out and he bought me a shirt, which I still have. Um, and I, I was a Who fan by proxy, right? Because my dad was a fan and therefore I became a fan. Um, and I remember one night Tommy was on TV. And I was like, okay. this is going to be the greatest film of all time. 
<laughs> and I watched it and I was, you know, I was a seven, eight year old kid and I'm like, I don't know what's oh. going on here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's uh that's a bit, that's a bit young for that movie, yeah. I think. <laughs> so I would say, I would say Tommy. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad, I'm, I'm sure maybe now I would. I also, I remember once I tried to watch Sgt. Pepper and I just, I couldn't get into that either, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to try again to watch Tommy at some point or you're, you're done with it? That's a good question. I mean, that's a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I know. No, nah, I, I probably not. I love the album, Tommy. I mean, it was probably my dad's favorite record. So I heard it many times growing up. Um, and, you know, I know Elton John does pinball. Was, like, I'm familiar with a lot of the, the, the soundtrack from it. But I just, yeah, I, I, I'll stick with the record, I think. Yeah. Sometimes uh, some things are better left alone. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> Question number two. What is your favorite book related to music? Maybe a biography, maybe yeah. just related, like a high fidelity, maybe, or something like that? I love high fidelity. Um, that's a great question. I There are so many, right? I mean, there's so many mm. great biographies, autobiographies. I mean, the one that I kind of think about a lot is I like the way the Butch Walker book was written, um, kind of a collection of short stories as opposed to, you know, here's my history. I mean, there is an aspect of that to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I liked it. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, wow. Uh, I've got a ton. I've started, I'm just reading the Elton John one now. Um, I like how it's written and it's, uh, but yeah, I, oh my gosh. I, I have a whole shelf downstairs and I'm kind of blanking right now, but those are the two I can think about. I can tell you the okay. worst one. Is that your next question? <laughs> no, no, please. It wasn't, but go ahead. The NXS book. So there's an official NXS autobiography. Okay. And I swear every story is just about somebody getting drunk or high. And I just, it's just, it gets really boring, really fast. I mean, the other side of that coin. So another great book that I forgot to mention is The Dirt, right? And I mean, yes. and The Dirt is one of those books that you shouldn't like because it's just, it's a car crash. It's people that are like, you're just like, how are you still alive? Um, yeah. But I mean, this you just can't deny those stories. You're just like, how did these people... How are they still alive? I don't understand. But, yeah. <laughs> but the NXS one is terrible. Like I wanted to like, because I love NXS, but it's just mm -hmm. awful. Yeah. Mm. And uh, you mentioned, well, I mean, I mentioned the high fidelity. I didn't read it, but I mean, you know that the guy who wrote it is an Arsenal fan. <laughs> yeah. Don't start. You want to hear a funny okay. Arsenal story? <laughs> Go ahead. So, Please. So a, a couple months ago, somebody did that Facebook challenge to me of, Uh, you know, post your 10 albums that have meant the most to you. And um, one of my albums was What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis, right? Which I love. Okay, I love yeah. That record. Mm -hmm. And the very first time I ever went to London, I had to go down, that's Berwick Street in Soho. And I was like, I have to do this, right? And I walked down and, and you see the record, like, and there's tons of record stores or there used to be tons of record stores on that road. And so I would spend a fortune in there and it was great. I went back in 2000, 2001, something like that. And it was right after Sol Campbell had left Tottenham to go to Arsenal. Oh, nice. And somebody had, <laughs> yeah. So there was a, there was a Spurs jersey, a, a Campbell jersey in the window. And I saw it, like I just saw a Tottenham jersey. But when you went in, you saw the back and realized it was the Campbell jersey. And somebody clearly in, in Selected Disc, which is the store you see on the left side of the Morning Glory album cover. Okay. Somebody clearly in there was a Tottenham fan because underneath it, it was like, uh, name your price, like, because they were selling it. It was like, name your price of this Judas scum jersey. <laughs> Jesus. 
And wow. I, just, I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh. Like I was just like there you know, there are diehards who are just yes. not happy. So No, I uh, yeah, I can I can understand for sure. It's like it's like leaving your girlfriend for her sister, right? It's like no, like go outside the family. You're fine. Nobody's going to complain. You want to go sign for Everton or Man U? No problem. Yeah. But don't yeah. sign for them. And then yeah. he did. No. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I think they won the league. Is it the, the following season or something? Uh, yeah, Campbell was a great player. So yeah. he made, you know, he took them over the edge. And I, th- yeah, I think it was the following season that uh, Arsenal won the league. But uh, yeah, memories. <laughs> Okay, uh, question number three. What was your first concert? Okay, so my very first concert was actually like a Beatles tribute thing at the um, uh, at the GM, uh, what would you call it, the Civic in here in Oshawa, which is where the Generals used to play. Um, but I don't consider that my first concert. My first concert was actually Bruce Springsteen on the Born in the USA tour in Toronto in 1985. Nice. How old were you? I was 10. And it was, wow. I think... Yeah, I listen, it was the first major concert. Uh, it was at Exhibition Stadium, which is where the Blue Jays used to play. And yes. it was I think around and I've looked it up since. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I think it was about 35,000 people. Um and it was amazing. I mean, he it, it set the bar for concerts, right? Because he played for like three and a half hours. I think it was the only concert I've ever been to that had an intermission. And I remember my dad taking me to the bathroom and it was all these like drunk, high, big, sweaty guys <laughs> around me. And I'm like this little kid and my dad's just got my shoulders and he's like, go, go here and go there. And I'm just like, you know, but it was amazing. I mean, that show... I, I remember parts of it in my mind and it's just, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. So, yeah. Nice. Right. Maybe that's the answer to the next question. What would be your favorite or most memorable concert you went to? Well, I mean, that's up there. There are so many. Uh, I've been very lucky, again, to kind of see concerts in different places and stuff like that. I mean, one that really stands out was, and not only, so when I, the drinking age in Ontario was 19. So you really would struggle to go to clubs. If a band was coming that you liked that was playing a club, unless it was an all ages show, which was rare, um, you had to be 19. And when I turned 19, I think about a month after that, uh, the band Kings X played in Toronto. And actually there's a bootleg of it on YouTube. It's amazing. And it's to that day, to this day, I don't think I've seen a band that was tighter and just more in sync with each other. And it just blew me away. These guys, unbelievable musicians. And yeah, I, I, and it was for the, the dog man tour, which is like one of my favorite Kings X records. And yeah, unbelievable. That's interesting because I thought for some reason I would have expected a bigger band, you know? I think, yeah, I think it could have also been the, I mean, with a band like Kings X or like I was saying about the wild hearts who I've seen as well. I saw them in England. Um, I think there's like a communal thing that happens, okay. right? Because everybody who's a, a King's X fan is a King's X fan, right? And <laughs> okay. you, go, you know, it's like it's like being a Rush fan. Like I've seen Rush yes. and you go and it's, I mean, they're amazing and it was an amazing show and whatever, but like everybody who's there is because they want to be there. It's, you might see the odd like, girlfriend or boyfriend Girlfriend. (laughs) that's been dragged there right and they're like 
when are they going to play closer to the heart? But, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, but all the people there are Rush fans, right? I mean, in that kind of the way Gene Simmons in the Rush movies, like it's Rush. It's like, they're there because they're diehards. And yeah. King's X, I think was the same. Um, there were other great shows. Don't get me wrong. Like the Bruce Springsteen show, obviously. But yeah, that King's X one, like I can still hear certain things in my hi- my head, you know, all these years later. And, and it's just phenomenal. So, but nice. big shows, I, I find sometimes big shows, I don't know, I find them a bit, um, it's easy to kind of get lost in the crowd and not necessarily in that in that same way of the communal way. And and I'd rather see a good band. I'll, I'll tell you one, I also, I'll just add this really quickly is, uh, I think the last show we went to see, well, no, the last show I went to see was actually Brian Adams, but I saw the band called The Wombats uh, in Toronto. And Brian Adams is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I've seen him several times and he's great every time. And it's a great show. Um, but I saw the Wombats at the end of 2018 uh, at a little theater in Toronto called the Danforth Music Hall, which is a great venue. And um, it was, it's again, it was kind of that thing where all the people there are fans. They sounded phenomenal. They played amazing. And it's just, you know, that's such a, I miss that. That's what 2020 is missing for me, which I'm, I know I'm not alone, but. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely not alone. And I, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Like you would rather go to a maybe smaller venue when there is a vibe going instead of a bigger, maybe more quote unquote generic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like I, I'm a huge Kiss guy. I love Kiss. I've seen them however many times. Um, and the last time I saw them, I got to take my wife because even though she's not a fan, it's, it's a show, right? And you go Mm -hmm. and things blow up and he fly, Paul flies and whatever. And it's all great. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, I have seen Kiss where I've kind of walked out going, yeah, you know, and it's, I don't know if it, but whereas I think if I saw them in a small club or something, just doing, you know, the no makeup and I think it would be pretty amazing. But again, it's the, you know, they're Kiss fans that are there, right? So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> True. Question number five. What is your most memorable or favorite brush with fame? It doesn't have to be music related. Oh, man, I have so many. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll go back to the Leafs. Um, okay. So in, in 1992, my cousin and his girlfriend came over from Scotland. And one, I'll never forget on a Sunday morning, he calls me and he's like, uh, and, and I won't do the accent. I, I can, but I won't. He said, <laughs> um, he said, do you know a guy named Peter Zezel? And I said, yeah, he played for the Leafs. And he said, we met him at a club last night. And I said, oh. And he said, uh, and he's invited us. At the time, Toronto, this is before the MLS, but Toronto had um, a team called the Toronto Blizzard. And he has yes. friends that played. So he said, he invited them and he goes, do you want to go? And I'm like, that would be awesome. So we went to uh, th- th- this Blizzard game and he, we sat with him and, and, you know, he had friends there and stuff and whatever. But that night, he, the Leafs had all been given Ford Broncos, I think. And he took us all around the city. Like, and I'm like a 17-year-old kid and my cousin, I think, was 23, 24, something like that. And his girlfriend at the same And he drove us around. We spent the night with Peter Zezel, whose roommate at the time was Wendell Clark. And oh, my God. <laughs> it was awesome. So he takes us all around and stuff. And then he goes, uh, and this was like, I think it was August. He says, um, we're having a, a practice tomorrow. Just a bunch of guys, like a bunch of us are getting together at a place in Toronto. Do you guys want to come down? So we were like, all right. Well, I get there and half the Leafs are there. Lindros is there. Uh, I'm sure there's more people I can't think of it. And I was just like, okay. And I was just like blown. I'm a kid, right? I'm, oh my gosh, all these <laughs> players I watch on TV and, and they're amazing. So 
we watch the practice. They're just out there having fun. And he goes, meet me outside afterwards. So we're like, okay, cool. So we go out and we're waiting for him. And all these Leafs are coming out, right? And I'll never forget the coolest one though was Dave Ellett was there. And Dave Ellett came over and he's, you know, a great defenseman and we're chatting mm-hmm. and stuff. And Ty Domi walked out, right? And he looked yep. and I kind of looked over and I glanced and we made eye contact and Ty stopped. So Dave Ellett and, and my cousin and his girlfriend and I are chatting I don't know, three, four minutes. Ty stops. He's waiting. He stopped the entire time. And as soon as Dave Ellett left, he walked over and he extended his hand. He went, hey, I'm Ty. And I was just like, this guy's the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, <laughs> so, you know, it was amazing. And um, and he was so cool. And, you know, and I know like he's gotten some bad people, you know, have said bad things. But like he was, he waited. Like I didn't even say, hey, can you, like he just stopped. And then he walked over and introduced himself to us. And, my, and it was funny because my cousins obviously had no idea who this guy was. But oh, this guy was. Okay, he wasn't like, a hockey fan at all. Well, they being in the UK, I mean, I, I in the early 90s, I don't think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. So he, you know, but for me, I mean, I, I'm looking at Ty Domi and this guy is like the heart and one of the heart and souls of the, of the Leafs. Even, yes. you know, I know some people don't like him, but whatever. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I've met musicians and stuff too. And I met Eddie Van Halen, which was unbelievable. Um, you know, and when I used to write, I would interview people and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the, the least one, I'll, I'll go back to the sports because that was, uh, as a kid, you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it, that's it was, crazy. Yeah, it was phenomenal. <laughs> But it would be a mistake not to ask you to go back to that. I met Eddie Van Halen thing, <laughs> the part that you just mentioned. Right. Tell us more if you want. Yeah. So was it ninety? Whenever three came out, the the record was Jerome. Okay. He, um. So they did a big in store in Toronto. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. And at the time, okay. at the time, I was working for HMV. Like I just worked at HMV as a store. Like a like I was. Still in uni- I had come home from university. I got a job at HMV and I was doing, I went to Trent for a year, long story, whatever. Um, but anyway, you start to get to know some of the record reps and stuff, right? Love some of the label reps. And I knew this was coming uh, and I'm a huge Van Halen fan. So my friend and I went down and this is before like really people had cell phones and stuff. So we get down there, but I knew the label, the Warner rep. And so we're in this really long line that the old Sam, the record man on young street, it's a famous record store. That's where the in-store was. It wrapped around, it kind of went toward Ryerson university and stuff. And I'm like, we're not going to make it. And, uh, this guy that I knew the label rep from Warner at the time, I guess did like a lap just to make sure that he wasn't any sauce. And he went, come here. And my buddy and I were the last two that got in. And, um, because of that, it was really nice because we actually got to spend like an extra, I mean, literally 60 seconds with Eddie, but you, we did the table, like they had a table set up and it was, you know, Gary and and Michael and Alex. And then Eddie was at the end. And because we were the last two, like we, we got to chat to him for a second. My buddy had, they were only letting you sign like the album at the time, the CD cover or whatever. Um, but we got, you know, my friend was like, Hey, do you mind signing this too? And I'm sure he's got it up in his office and whatever, but yeah, it was amazing. And we just chatted like, it was the first and only time I've really ever been starstruck. Like, I just was kind of like, I don't know what to say to you. Like, you know, you're so important in the whole grand, in the, in the grand scheme of my life, even though yeah. we've never met. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. And then we kind of hung out at the store for a little while and watched things happen. And then, then they came into Toronto like that summer 
and we went and saw them or I went and saw them with some other people. And, you know, I know Sharon gets a lot of shtick. I was always a big extreme fan, but that show was phenomenal. I didn't care for the record, but the, the show was amazing. And, uh, okay. but yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, excellent answers, honestly. <laughs> um, I still have a bunch if you want, yeah, but we go. can, you remember from the previous episodes, I got my triple Qs, right? right. Quick and quirky questions. Go. So, okay, question one. Would you rather speak all languages or play all musical instruments? Languages. Don't even have to think yeah. about it. Okay, no. yeah. It would, Good, it would uh, be so, same. it would be great for traveling, Um I, I'll, I'll share it. You're French, so I'll share this story with you really quickly. Was I know you're going quick, but listen. If you got something good, please take all grade, the time you need. Okay, so grade nine, we had to take French until grade nine. So your first year of high school, you had to have French, right? We're a bilingual country. You had to have it. I was terrible at French. I was, okay. and it, was, it wasn't that I didn't try, but I just, I wasn't very good at it. And anyway, my teacher's name was actually Monsieur Drew. And it took him three oh, weeks to okay. realize that we had the same last name. And it was, it was hilarious. But anyway, um, so at the year, end of the year, if you didn't have 70%, you had to write the exam. Well, I had like 37. Like, and I was... <sighs> I would go in, I like, and I was a good kid. Like, I wasn't like not trying and stuff. It's funny because my aunt is a French teacher. She was the ha faculty head for French at a high school, like on the other side of Toronto. I would literally wow. go down there for tutoring. She would come here. I'd go in to see Monsieur Druda for tutoring. So I was working super hard, right? Now, okay. <laughs> I have the final exam. I get 48%. 48 <sighs> <laughs> okay. You need you need 50 to pass, right? So he turns yes. to me and he goes, "Listen, I've never had a student work as hard as you to end up with 48. If you promise never to take French again, I will give you the 2%." I went, "Okay, thanks, bye." <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, language learning is tricky because I mean, it it sounds like that teacher was good, yeah, but he was. it only takes one bad teacher to turn you off languages for a long time. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's languages. I I would love to have that brain, that type of brain that just accepts it. I think, unfortunately, being Canadian and and trying to learn French for me, French was not an easy entry point. I think if I had if it had been a different language. I might have mm -hmm. had more success because I could have built off of that. But just French, yeah. I just, I really struggled personally. Yeah, it's not a, um, like uh, English, Dutch, German, and a few others. It's more like Anglo-Saxon based. Right. So it's easier to learn them for a, a native English speaker. And for me, it would like uh, Italian, Spanish, um, Portuguese, uh, Romanian, and another one, uh, would be easier because there are um, Latin languages, you know, Romance languages or something. Yeah, I had a Portuguese friend and he, he would tell me that he could understand like some Italian and obviously some Spanish. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I'd be like, you know, because there's a lot of intermingling there. But yeah, for yes. me, so. Okay, so question two. Uh, if you could get a ticket to any show or event, uh, past or present, what would you want a ticket to? I'd have to see the Beatles, I think, at some point. I mean, you know, there's the, the famous Shea Stadium, uh, but I don't think I'd want to go to them because I, I know, like, the sound wasn't that great, it, maybe mm. for the experience. Um, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to have seen the Beatles at some point. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could top that. That's a yeah, good question. I don't know either, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Question number three, what is your favorite insect? 
that's a great question. I'm going to go with an ant and I'll tell you why. Because when I was a kid, I used to pick them up and then I would put them in like a Hot Wheels car and then I'd run them around like they were a passenger. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty cool. And actually, if I remember, I think I think uh, John Mutford answered the exact same thing. Oh, really? Because I th <laughs> I think he uh, had an ant farm when right. when he was. Oh, a he kid. did. Yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, there you go. The the hive mind of librarians is working. You know. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four: What scene from a movie scarred you for life? Okay, so I don't know what the movie was called, but I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna set it up really quick. So when I was in grade <laughs> seven, we went to junior high. I was one of the we were one of the few junior highs in the city, and at one point they brought the entire school into the gym and they showed us this movie about drug use. It was like one of those right, but this is back in the '80s, so it was all it was on a projector. And <laughs> I get car sick, like I can't read in the car and stuff like this. You know, I have to be looking forward. So anyway, with those old projector films, sometimes they would kind of bounce around. And it would yeah. make me feel ill. So anyway, they had this one about drug use and they were showing people like shooting up in it and stuff. And I guess it was probably to scare us straight or something. And I just remember I was like, I'm going to be sick. And I ran out the gym. So there's like however many people in there. I ran out the gym and I fell, I passed out and I fell like crashed right into the floor. And Jesus. I don't think I was out long, but I remember waking up and my face was all cold because I was against the floor. Okay. And then, uh, I ran, I got up and I remember it being kind of like a Picasso painting and I ran into the bathroom and I was, un unfortunately I was unwell at that point. Um, but yeah, that movie, like, it's funny because I've gone through like the board collections looking for it, see if I can figure out what film, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I haven't had any success, but, uh, oh yeah, that movie, I don't know what it was. I don't. But it was just like all these teens and like young people and they were like, you know, and then I, they were showing people like with a needle and I was just like, I, nope, we're done. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it must have had quite a, quite an effect. You, you said grade seven, right? Yeah. So we're like 12. Okay. Oh, geez. Yeah. 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. Isn't that a bit early to show kids people shooting up? You know what? It's funny. I think they did things with us and showed things to us that they we would never do now, right? I yeah, mean, we have this fly now. Yeah, we had these <laughs> like I I taught in England and I'll never forget I I taught this year six class grade six class and we were there and I had to teach them uh, the the miracle of birth and uh, okay. so the, this one lady and I was like this young teacher still and this but this one one of my mentors at the school says listen we got this great video it's a BBC video just put it on and then answer any questions at the end so I'm like okay no problem so I put the video on and my classroom was on the on the ground level and we actually had a door in the classroom that went out to the outside anyway so I put this video on <laughs> and It, it starts off really funny because like there's like you can tell there's a man and a woman laying in bed and they've got the covers up and all of a sudden there's movement and this little kid maybe two gets out of the bed naked as the day's born he's running down the hall and all these kids think it's hilarious right oh my gosh the little <laughs> kid but then all of a sudden you realize that he's not the only one in the, in the buff and the mom and dad right they're in the bed too and mm -hmm. all of a sudden <laughs> All of a sudden, you realize that she's pregnant, right? Like, you know, so they get up and they're getting ready for their day. They're getting dressed, brushing their teeth and stuff. And I don't know if this was a real video. I think it was staged to a point. But okay. he calls, she goes into labor when he's at work. 
So there's all this happening, right? And it's kind of like telling a story. And then all of a sudden, she's actually in labor and the camera's right there. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I had kids. I literally, so I had year six kids, so like 10, 11, 12 in that ballpark. I had kids running outside, throwing up. I had kids <laughs> passing out. And then I'll never forget, there was like two kids. There was like, there was like two boys and they were just like this. At the screen, like they didn't react at all. They were just like, "Oh my gosh, what's this?" Like it was hilarious. Petr- but petrified. Yeah, but it was a BBC production that they sent to schools to show this. It was crazy. Yeah. So, oh God, no. I guess I mean, you know, it is. But you're right. I mean, there's things that we wouldn't say or do or show them. You know, uh, now Jeez. for sure. So yeah, but that was only like 20 years ago. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Mm. <laughs> that's a good one. Question five. What is the best nickname you've ever heard? I know you asked this and I didn't want to cheat and Google it. I really can't. I can't <laughs> think of any. I mean, I, there's a lot of it's us. Right. I don't know what if you have one. I mean, I was always fortunate that my last name, my surname was also kind of a first name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't mind. Like, I don't know if Drew's a nickname, but I don't mind that. Um, I... I don't know. You know, I think uh, something I mean, like... it doesn't have to apply to you. Like, it I, could be uh, something that you heard, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that's about this guy, but the one that did pop into my head is, like, being a, a guitar player, like, the name Slowhand is pretty cool, <laughs> right? But unfortunately, it's attached to the, the, the guitarist that will no longer be named. So, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, good point. Good, uh, good call. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so question six: What would you name your boat if you had one? That's a great question. I, I again, I didn't want to like cheat and struggle. I was thinking about. I, I actually woke up during the night last night and I was like, "What? What would I call my boat?" Um, I don't did know. You study for those questions? I did. I studied for the test. You talking about? No. Uh, I, I'd have to. It'd have to be something like music related. I think. You know, if, if I got to name it, I mean, if, if it was, became a family decision or something, I'm sure my son would like to name it over after like a Pokemon or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, who, yeah. who knows? So I don't, I, I didn't answer the question. I apologize. I, I don't, you know. That's fine. That's not, yeah. that's not, not a problem at all. Question I won't call it the s- Canadian, Canadian sandbox. I think that might be already taken. So. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Good call. <laughs> that was a fun uh, ending of the there game. There you go. <laughs> Question number seven: Where is the worst smelling place you've ever been? Okay, so in New Zealand, on the uh, and I'm gonna forget the name of it. I should have googled it. Uh, but on the North Island, there's a place where they have these sulfur deposits, and they have hot natural hot springs. But as soon as you drive into the town, like uh, uh, you're five kilometers from the town, you can smell it, and it's okay. it's not pleasant. Uh, I want to say it's Malford Sounds, but I could be wrong about that. Um, okay. But yeah, it's like, a, it's a big tourist place to go. Like the hot springs and the, and the actual, you know, environment is beautiful, mm-hmm. but it stinks. So yeah. Ooh, I can only <laughs> imagine. And that's a great answer, by the way. Oh my God. All right. So question number eight, when did you screw everything up, but no one ever found out it was you? I, I'm sure there's an answer. I'm sure if you ask my wife, there'll be something. <laughs> I, I will tell you one really quick story was when I was in high school, I had a, and I didn't really screw it up. So this is kind of a cop out, but 
I had a party. My parents, so we had a boat and I don't even remember what the name of it was, but my parents, had okay. gone to, my parents had gone to the boat and I had a party at my place. Okay. And I was like, listen, I had been to other parties and I wasn't stupid. Like my mom had like Royal Daltons and I would take them off the shelves and I hit everything in the crawl space and all these things. Right. So I could, like, I had been to this one party where somebody went around and stole all the batteries from the remotes, like the TV remotes and all this stuff. <laughs> So I'm like, this isn't happening to me, right? Yeah. So I had yeah. only invited a few people, but I was like, I'm not having this. So I did all this and I put it in the uh, crawl space because nobody's going to go in there. So I end up having, it ends up not being that big. It was maybe whatever, 30, 35 people. I was even so good that like, if somebody wanted to smoke, I'm like, no, you got to go outside and do that and whatever, right? We were older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably 18, 19, something like that at this point. Okay. So anyway... Uh, I thought I had gotten away with it because I cleaned up, you know, I was responsible, whatever. And then my mom was vacuuming and found a beer cap underneath the uh, couch, (laughs) which I missed. Whoops. And then it was like, well, yeah. And so, you know, I thought I had gotten away with it. Um, And then I found out that my neighbor, because it was in the summer, had her windows open and she heard like the people who were going out to have a smoke talking and stuff, but they weren't yelling or anything, but it woke her up. And then, so she thankfully never mentioned it, <laughs> but okay. it came up at one point. My mom was talking with her and then she's like, oh, was that the night that, and then, yeah. So uh. um, I didn't screw anything up, but I didn't, I didn't clean up as well as I probably could have or should have. So. And you were, eventually they found out it was you after all. <laughs> they, they did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, listen, I was, I was a good kid. So I, I, I was responsible. Good. Uh, question nine. What is the most interesting thing you've re you've read or seen this week? Wow. I mean, the big news is the, the different strand of COVID, right? Yes. Um, but I, I, yeah, I've been trying to avoid, uh, I've been trying to avoid the news and stuff as much as I, especially being on on break on a holiday right now. Like, I'm, mm, I'm, yes. Um, but yeah, that uh, I like reading people's uh, music lists, like your end end of your music list, what they're doing. Um, yeah, I, I would think things like that. I, I don't. I try not to go on uh, social media very often because I just find it kind of depresses me. But that being said, like you guys, for example, are on my Facebook or whatever. And so I'll go on there and, you know, see what you guys are doing. But yeah, I haven't, um, it, I'd love to be able to tell you I'm reading some wonderful book that, you know, I'm reading the Mm -hmm. Elton John one, which I really like, but, uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, question 10, if you were given a one minute ad slot, uh, during the Super Bowl that you couldn't sell, you're stuck with it. What would you fill it with? Wow. You know, it's funny. I, I've listened to other people's answers uh, you know, Josh and Mbags and whatever. I, I liked Mbags a lot about the autism. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it a little bit. Um, being a teacher, uh, you know, I work with students of different levels, uh, with different learning disabilities, different mental health issues. I would love to do something about like neurodiversity. Um, I, there's so many aspects to it, right? I mean, you know, and it'd be hard to cover. I wouldn't try to cover everything, but just kind of. You know, like Mbags made a great point. There's a lot of awareness, but the acceptance. But I would almost like be more of a plea. Like, um, you know, I don't know about in Quebec and and other places, but you know, there's a real shortage for educational funding, let alone for kids with different, you know, concerns. Whether it's a learning yes. disability or whether it's a whether it's autism or whether it's a mental health concern and. I just feel like in Canada, especially, like we that shouldn't be an issue. And you know, true. I, 
So that would probably be something to, to do with that. Probably with um, COVID, we, we know that this year has been really tough mentally on everyone and maybe from kids and teenagers and young adults even more because it adds to the uh, uncertainty of things, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing that there will be a lot of demand for mental health uh, professionals in the next uh, few years, I guess. You can only imagine, right? I mean, we know that the physical aspect that this is taking on some people, um, and yeah. we know that we don't know the long terms. In five years, we we will know, right? But we don't know. Yeah. But I agree with you 100%. The, the, the mental health aspect of this, it's not everybody. A lot of people are unbelievably holding it well together. Um, but there are people that are struggling uh, for, for whatever reasons. Maybe there was already a pre- pre-existing you know mental health concern uh or whatever but and and that's just this is just compounding it or it could be caused from this you know loneliness or what have you and, and yeah it's unfortunate but i would love to do something i you know it's so hard because we're not allowed to see people right now and you know i i did a, a zoom call with my family who's kind of scattered throughout the world yesterday and uh, it's sad. Like, I, I, I say this all the time, and I know my mom will probably listen to this, but, like, I haven't hugged my mom since March. And, you know, it's hard on like, – I'll Yeah, I'll say it that I'm feeling it too. So nobody's alone, but I know some people are suffering much worse. So yeah. being a teacher, you know, and, and I, our, our politicians here in, in Ontario are trying to make us believe that, um, that the schools are safe. Um, and, and I'm not saying they are or aren't, but I will say mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I think there's a, some misleading going on. Um, that being said, you know, my first week, my mom, especially in the summer when weather was warmer and stuff, my mom would come over to see, you know, my son and her grandson or whatever. And, um, you know, we'd sit outside and we'd keep our distance. And then when I got back to work, uh, my mom was actually a teacher as well. Uh, she's retired, but when she, um, that first week she called me and she's like, how'd your week go? And I said, fine. And she's like, I hope you don't mind, but I'm not going to come over. And I said, I totally get it. You know, like I, and I would feel awful if I, you know, was asymptomatic and spread something to my parents or, yeah, true, home, okay. you know, so, cause everybody reacts, we know that everybody's reaction to this is different. And some people, I know people personally who've had it now and they really run the gauntlet of, you know, like got knocked out big time. And some people okay. who was like, yeah, I didn't even know I had, I was sick, you know? So it's, it's, it's and everything in between. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite scary. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm afraid of it, but I'll do everything I can. And then some not to have yeah. it, you know? Agreed. It could it could be one one of those uh, long term uh, deals, you know. It's just like you can have still memory issues uh, six months uh, after getting it. You know, it's 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 crazy. I got upset with a colleague who who got it. Um, an old colleague doesn't work with us anymore, and I just said, you know, because that person kind of blew it off because they were fine. Mm. Thankfully, they were fine. Like no problems at all. You know, they said it was like kind of a bad cold, and I said. You realize, though, that not everybody's like that because uh, one of the people I know who got it is a younger person and mm -hmm. they got hit really hard. So, okay. you know, I, I don't know. Well, and, and, and I don't mean to leave it on a depressing note, but it's just, you no, know, no. it's just, <laughs> no, no, it's I know. I mean, are and yeah, it, it is, it is um, affecting pretty much every aspect of our lives, you know, so yeah. it's almost impossible to talk around it, you know. 
Yeah. Are you, and you know what, and this is why I've said it a million times and I, I sent out the email and, and the Christmas cards thing were, were awesome. When I came in contact uh, with, you know, I, I think I contacted Pat cause he had mentioned it on the podcast a bunch of times on the rock solid podcast. I said, you know, like, how do you, how do you play? And, and when, and then when I met you guys, like, I was like, okay, thank God. Like there's, and, and not, you know, my family is amazing and it, without them, I would have never got through this as well as I did. But it was nice to have something else to kind of look forward to, right? Because like you said, like we're not traveling. There's sports yeah. have been, you know, few and far between or what have you. And, and you know, music's great. But even those releases, some of them started to get put on hold. And like King's X, for yes. example, have a new record done. But they were like, we're going to wait, which I totally understand. Okay. Um, yeah, but like meeting you guys and it was fun. It was something to look forward to. It was like a goal every week. It was like, okay, yes. Saturday, we're going to do this. And and yeah. listen, I don't, I don't blame Dave and, and Ronnie from uh, taking that win away from me. Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm going to say it right here. Hot take, folks. I'm yeah, kidding. There but, you go. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's fun. Like I, like, I don't play to win. I just play to hang out. I mean, do I want to win? Of course. I've come in second three times. I'm like, I want. Oh I, my I gotta, God. I got to get over that hump now, but, wow. uh, but it's just fun. I, I, you guys are great. And, uh, I, I'm so glad that I, I've, and hopefully when all this happens, when all this is clear and stuff, like hopefully we'll all be able to somehow meet in, I don't know how that'll work, but you know, that'd be it cool. Would be I know. Really awesome. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it for sure. And actually, if you want, we can go into overtime. I got six more questions for you. Overtime. Do it. All right. Awesome. Overtime. Question number one, you are going back in time and wind up face-to-face -face with 15-year-old Drew. Oh, God. You have 10, <laughs> you have 10 <laughs> seconds before you travel back to the present day. What do you tell 15-year-old you? I would 10 tell, seconds. Okay, I would tell them uh, the winner of like a Super Bowl so I can make a bunch of money, and I would tell them to enjoy their hair while they had it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that works. Question number two. If you could live in anyone's head, past or present, living or dead, for 15 minutes, a la being John Malkovich, who would you choose for 15 wow. minutes? Uh, as a spectator, you couldn't control yeah. them, just as a spectator. I would love to be in like someone like Paul McCartney's head, like just knowing, like, sorry, during like the, the, the process of the writing and the recording of the White Album. Like that would just... I just love to know how they think, right? Like how they come up with these ideas, how they, you know, that would fascinate me. Sounds good. Question number three, you're on death row, you die tomorrow, but you get to choose the way you will be executed, no oh. matter the logistics involved. How do you want to die? <laughs> I, I know it's, it, it's messed up, but... Uh... Uh, whatever ends it quickest i i don't care as long as i don't feel any pain that that's okay you know yeah painless is the word okay yeah. yeah question number four your superpower is that you can give phobias to people what things would you make people afraid of i can give fears to people yes hmm wow that's a great question there's gonna be a lot of editing of ums and ahs on this one um <laughs> please that, that's okay <laughs> I wow. I I would think maybe the fear of uh wow. Um I think the fear of being certain. I think I I think sometimes people I think some of the problems that we have is that some people are so sure about what they believe. We see it in politics and we see it in, you know, whatever. 
I would want to give them the fear of maybe a little uncertainty, right? Or, or a fear of, of their certainty. Whereas, yes. oh, wait, I could be wrong. And there might be another point of view here. Something like that. That is a great answer. Question number five. What is, like, completely switching gear, what is the best Wi-Fi network name you've ever seen? <laughs> we have somebody in my neighborhood who has one. It's like RCMP Surveillance Van 297 or something. Yeah, exactly. My favorite one was uh, NSA. NSA Surveillance Van. Nice. Okay, that, that's awesome. There's so, also okay. one... There's also one in my in my school's neighborhood that's uh, hide your kids, hide your Wi-Fi. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which good. I like that one too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and sixth and last question, and actually you talked about that earlier. What is your hometown best known for? Uh, well, I would I would have said up until a couple of years ago, probably General Motors. Um, yes. Uh, but then they they shut it down, and then they actually just reinstalled we have what they call the truck plant they make the, the some of the trucks here um mm -hmm. i would say that you know obviously having the oshawa generals as well um we also had uh john k from steppenwolf was actually from uh he's from kind of like the border of uh our town and, and the town beside us whitby um before okay. he before he joined uh joined steppenwolf um okay. and i'm sure there's other things i'm forgetting like i know there's tons of hockey players and and whatever, but um, yeah, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the general uh, the, uh, the General Motors being in Oshawa probably. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's it. I'm done with my uh, questions. Where can we find you online? Probably the easiest place is Twitter, and it's uh, at Mr. D's class M R D S C L A S S. So for Mr. D's class, um, and you know the people who know me know how to find me on Facebook as well. So, uh, Mike, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, it was nice to jump between topics. All of them good, I hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No, it's great. I, I really appreciate you having me on. And like I said, you know, it's been great getting to know yourself and uh, the other people, especially like in the name that name that tune uh, Zoom that we have every week. Um, there's some like there's some great characters and uh, great stories to be told for sure. So, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.